Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Saturday, April the 3rd, 2021. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. Today's episode, we are going to dig into fitness. Specifically, then versus now. Fitness in the 2000s and fitness in the 2020s. And I'll try not to sound like you know, an old man here as I go through this and compare the two eras, but there is a huge difference, not only for the consumers, but definitely for us as professionals in the field. And I'll kind of bounce around and give my take and the take from a couple of people who have been in the game just as long as I have, if not even longer. But before I jump into the podcast today, a reminder are 34 Days to Fit program is kicking off here in about 14 days. I believe the registration is ending on the 17th, but the program itself starts on the 19th. Now, if you guys have never jumped into this before, this program is unique in the fact that it is five weeks and five different uh, fitness coaches throughout. Now, obviously, I put the program together, but you'll get a taste of, obviously, myself uh, we have Alexia Clark in there, who was just on the podcast yesterday, the queen of workouts herself, uh, Tommy Baker from Resist Hydro Academy, Nikki Metzger from Body, and then my buddy Ben Novak from uh, Spire Health Club. So each one of us took a different week, uh, taking you guys to different protocols, kind of different training styles in a format that makes sense for everybody. So no matter where you're at, you guys can get this done. It will rip your face off for sure. Uh, about you know 90% of it you guys can do from home. We're always building modifications. If you can't do pull-ups, obviously we'll build in the regressions throughout. So I do coach you uh, every step of the way. It is uh, definitely unique and different, but if you're looking for something to be active for all 34 days, there's seven different workouts obviously every day. Monday through Friday is kind of programmed out. The weekends, something a little bit different to jump into, and obviously no two workouts are the same. But uh, definitely, if you guys are interested, the site is jeremyskyfitness.com slash 34-days-2-fit-challenge. Man, that is a mouthful. Uh, the link is also in my Instagram bio right now. I'll share it on our newsletter a ton. But if you podcast people are interested, I'm happy to throw out a little uh, podcast discount code to make your life easier. And then again, you guys can rock with us for the next 34 days. Uh, it'll be fun. Uh, April 19th is the kickoff. Again, we'll close registration on the 17th. Also, the podcast is brought to you by my homies at Athletic Greens. You already know it's the one thing I take every single day. It is your ultimate all-in-one supplement with 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food ingredients. If you don't get enough green vegetables in your life, if you struggle to get enough micronutrients in, if you're tired of taking 14 different pills, I would get on this as soon as possible. It's the one thing I never miss, no matter what, no matter how busy I get, if I'm traveling, if I'm running around, I will always take it. I just rip it, throw it some water, slam it, and I'm good to go. I personally feel it helps with my energy, the immune system, gut health, and digestion most definitely, which I care about. There's probiotics already in there. If you guys want to get some Athletic Greens, right now the site, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott, will give you a year supply of free vitamin D and five free travel packs with order one. So just for ordering Athletic Greens, we'll give you a full year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order. Pretty badass. And if you're really on the fence and you're like, well, Jeremy, I'm not sure, shoot us an email, send us a DM, wherever you reach out to us. I will have Monica actually send a pack 
right to your front door. You can try it. I don't care what state or country you live in. She'll ship it to you for free. Then you can get hooked up with all the free stuff. My gift to you guys because I want you to be a little bit healthier and a little bit happier. And honestly, it's the best tasting greens on the planet. It's not even close. So again, the site, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott. Otherwise, hit us up and we can get you guys rocking and rolling. And also the podcast, the, the podcast, I don't even know how to talk anymore. The podcast is brought to you by my homies at Beam CBD. Uh, beamtlc.com is the site. The code is Jeremy Scott for 35% off all subscriptions, 20% off all products. It's the CBD that I take every night to go to sleep. I specifically take the Dream product. Usually I'll take the capsules, but Heather's got me into the kick with the powder that actually has a little cinnamon uh, kind of flavor to it. If you put it in the microwave, you heat it up, it's kind of like a little sweet, you know, evening nightcap, if you will. Uh, again, has melatonin in there. Uh, 20 milligrams of the nano CBD. It's not habit forming. You don't wake up feeling groggy. I just find myself staying asleep and uh, rarely ever waking up, maybe to go to the bathroom here or there. Otherwise, I'm just, I'm dead asleep and I wake up at four o'clock in the morning ready to just kick the shit out of the world. So if you're looking for something that's not habit forming, it's not addictive, doesn't make you feel, uh, you know, like you wake up half high and half drunk. Check it out, the site beamtlc.com. You guys can always hit me up. We actually have a link if you want to try three free nights of the Dream product. We can hook you guys up with that. Otherwise, just enter the code Jeremy Scott uh, on the site, and you can get all the discounts we need. And if you have any other questions on the salves, the tinctures, anything they use, uh, feel free to ask. But it's THC-free, so you guys will not get high, but it will help you stay asleep. And a lot of people do say it helps with anxiety, inflammation, so there's a bunch of benefits on top of that. Now... I'm going to jump around here uh, a little bit today on a couple of topics inside of this from Pat Rigsby to uh, Brett Contreras, actually, and obviously you guys have heard me talk about Pat before, and if you guys who don't know uh, Brett Contreras, Brett is, you know, basically, he's the glute guy, uh, if you will. He, uh, it literally is his name on Instagram, Brett, the glute guy, Contreras. Uh, Been around for a long time, literally inventor of the barbell hip thrust, works a lot with butts. I don't know how else to say that. Literally as fun as his own studies where he'll hook like electrodes up to people's glutes and uh, study them. Super smart guy. Uh, definitely takes his craft serious. Been training for, you know, 25 plus years. Uh, done a bunch of stuff with men's health. Used to be here uh, in the Valley. Now I believe he's in Vegas right now. But um, he put out a good piece about how to get popular and successful in fitness as a coach from the 2000s compared to the the 2020s. And I'm going to go over that uh, in this episode. But before I even kick into that, I want to touch on uh, this no turning back post that uh, Pat had sent out. Just talking to different business owners, uh, specifically in like the health and fitness space. But I think this is a, a statement that can be true for anybody, no matter what industry uh, you're working in. Um, and obviously, the world's always changing. You grow or you die. That's pretty much the saying. And I know a lot of people don't like change when they're not ready for it or when they're not ready to adapt to it, I guess. And it's kind of the way I think about surprises. People say, oh, I love surprises. Well, you do if they're the surprises you want. And this is what I'm talking about. People say, oh, I love surprises, Jeremy. Do you love the surprise when you go out to your garage and your car's a flat tire? No, of course you don't. Do you like when your car battery's dead? No. Well, those are surprises. Do you like coming home to your hot water heater being blown up and water spitting everywhere in your house? No. Those are shitty surprises. You like like a surprise birthday party or like if you ever got a surprise, you know, bonus check, things like that. 
But what I'm driving at is the differences here where if people aren't willing to adapt and change and grow, they tend to get left behind or their businesses in that case will die. And obviously technology changes things, uh, consumer habits change, uh, obviously the economy. There's so many factors that play into it. And 2020, if nothing else, uh, shifted a lot of things and shook up a lot of things in the health and fitness space. And some things uh, are here to stay. Some things will be phased out and other things will kind of come and go intermittently. My opinion is I don't think you can ever replace the human connection in a lot of things. No, some things for sure. Uh, we can automate, we can go digital and that's fine. But there's something to be said about having a person uh, to talk to and reach out. And a lot of times I love technology and I don't really care for the person and I don't need them. But there's a lot of other things where something goes wrong and you're like, well, shit, I need a human being here to have an interface so I can explain something because this computer is not programmed to understand it. Now that might shift later on in my life, you know, when, uh, you know, the Terminator comes here to kill John Connor and, uh, you know, we have, uh, you know, Skynet falling and, uh, the, the androids come take over and kill us all. But for now we need humans, right? And obviously 2020 with fitness, a lot of people couldn't do stuff in person. Even now, some some facilities are starting to come back to like certain percentages of capacity. Some places are getting to be open here in Arizona. It, it finally like this week felt like it used to for the most part, uh, obviously still some weird shit, but we're a year, what is it? 13 months later. And last week was the first week where it basically felt normal or we could kind of do fitness and programming and, and talk with people like we always did which is super nice and refreshing, by the way. But for a lot of people, they have this hesitancy to be able to adapt and to make it through. And the point I'm driving at is a lot of people in fitness aren't even around a year later because 2020 wiped them out. The pandemic took away their business. It crushed everything they had because they had only one model and only one lane and they weren't willing to adapt and shift in that time frame at least. They're resistant to change. And if you do that, you're probably going to die. You're probably going to fail. You're probably not going to make it. That's most people. And there's a lot of business owners through the past year who would say things like, I hate this. There's no way I'm going to keep doing online stuff. Or I can't wait until we get back to normal. All my clients will just come in like they used to. And look, I'm not saying that, that some businesses won't be able to, to go back to business as usual and survive. Some will, for sure. And some won't even matter. And some are probably back rolling right now like they always were. But as a general rule, you know, you adapt or you suffer, or the way that I like to phrase it, you either adapt or die. You either grow or die. There is really no such thing as staying the same. I don't really believe you can coast through life. It's an uphill battle. So if you're trying to coast going uphill, you guys know what happens. You roll backwards the other way. And this is no different than anything that's happened throughout history. Like people had to adapt to automobiles from like horse and buggy. Now, obviously there's still people who the Amish typically, like if you're from the Midwest, is there Amish people everywhere? I don't even know. But in the Midwest, like once in a great while, when if you can get out of the city and you're on like a, you know, a rural road or like some kind of a, a country highway, if you will, you can see some Amish people crushing it in like a little horse and buggy. And they even have a little orange triangle in the back. Um, I'm assuming that means, you know, don't run us over, but we adapted as humans. We all don't, you know, and again, even that, like, we don't ride horses for transportation anymore. We have vehicles. 
We have cars. We have trucks. Now, shit, they're even electric. The point is people had to adapt automobiles. People had to adapt to television from radio. People had to adapt, obviously, to the Internet and then obviously to smartphones. The game has changed. And the businesses that relied on the previous technology or rallied against these advancements usually got left in the dust. The people that weren't willing to integrate and at least use them and evolve with them, they don't exist anymore. Businesses that were staples uh, when I was growing up as a kid, Sears, uh, JCPenney, they didn't keep up and they're dying, obviously. I don't know if anybody would consider like Sears is crushing it. JCPenney's is crushing it. No, I haven't looked at, you know, how they're doing market-wise or anything, but I haven't heard anything great or amazing as of late. But when I was a kid, you would see like the JCPenney's catalog. With that, It's like this thick-ass book. It's like three phone books. And you would see the Sears catalog. And I'm, I'm not saying they don't still exist. I'm sure they do. I don't obviously look at catalogs anymore because I'm not a little kid and I'm not getting a bunch of cool Christmas gifts. But when I was a kid, I would sit there, even though we're broke as shit, I would look at all this awesome stuff I really wasn't going to get. I might get a couple things. My parents did great for Christmas to give me what I could. But obviously when you're, you know, nine, you want $8,000 worth of Christmas shit and you're not going to get it. But I would sit there and you'd like flip through it. And that was your thing because there was no Google. There was no Amazon. I didn't have an iPhone. There wasn't an iPad. Those things were the thing. And they were staples when I was a kid. And now you know, 20 years later, they're basically dead. And in fact, most businesses, you know, choose not to evolve. Most businesses choose not to change. And then obviously most businesses die over time. But they don't have to is the key. And it doesn't mean that you have to go all in if you're a fitness professional online or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. But if you're unwilling to adapt to the way people behave and what they want, then you're going to become irrelevant and you will not exist. There are certain things, obviously, that I've shared before that I believe won't change. The relationships, the connectedness with people. Um, and there's always going to be a, a number of things that will stay the same. But there's always going to be a bunch of things that do change. And they're changing faster now than ever, obviously, with the pandemic and with technology, than they would have on their own. And this is just my, my talk to fitness professionals or anybody running a business, uh, really in any field. My hope is that you're ready for it, and my hope is that you're willing to adapt uh, and grow with what the consumers are looking for and, and what they want to do. Because oftentimes, most people don't. They get stuck in this old school way of doing things, and that might even mean I have to change different things in the future. You know, for us, we were online uh, before, the way that we do things, and maybe that will shift in, in a couple of years. I don't know. Uh, the way that we deliver it or, or the way that we think about things and work through things and how people access it and, and what we do. Uh, I find it works well now, but it, it might not work well forever. We might have to adapt it and move it to do something different. For the fit pros out there who deal, excuse me, do still work with people, obviously in person, I don't think that part of it will ever go away. I think you might have to give people other options, hybrid things like that, but I do think there's this connectiveness that will always exist in you'll always need to be there. There's just certain things that I always want to do with people in person. Fitness is one of them. It really is. Just like I think, you know, people meeting up for happy hours. I think the digital happy hour stuff is bullshit. You know, I don't want to sit and have a beer with my best friend on a computer a thousand miles away. I want to do it in person. Like there's just certain things, us as humans, that we can't lose that. But in the same note, 
you have to understand like what people are looking for and what they want. And the market's the market. It really doesn't care about, you know, your singular opinion or, or if you're willing to change or not, they're going to demand what they demand. And that's it. So that's my quick just take on how things are changing and evolving and you have to. And sometimes it's for the better, for sure. It makes you a better coach, makes you uh, be more efficient with your business. You just don't want to be left behind. However, in our industry specifically, Brett Contreras put this piece together. It's a great infographic on his uh, Instagram, and it's titled Then Verse Now, How to Get Popular as a Successful Fitness Trainer Slash Coach. And he compares it to the 2000s, the earlier days, if you will, and then to the 2020s, which obviously we're living in right now. And obviously times have changed um, since I've been involved in fitness for sure. And he goes on to say, I hate to be a grumpy old man, but it's kind of sad. And he explains how, you know, people used to do their homework um, as to who the true experts were and like how credentials used to matter. And you used to get, you know, murdered if you would steal other people's shit. And now it's kind of like a, it's like a free for all. If you guys ever check out his Instagram, it's Brett Contreras uh, one and uh, shares a ton of stuff on there. Uh, great dude, super smart. And it's true though. And I, I read this and I saved it uh, probably a couple weeks back and I wanted to touch on it just for the fact of it's on point. When I first started doing this life, there was no internet version of this. I've shared this many times before. We started off doing things in a park uh, when I was by myself. What I would do is I would go around and look at the gyms that had websites because a lot of them didn't. I'm talking like early 2006, seven, eight. Some of them had basic websites. Some of them really even didn't. The ones that had websites, I would go to the contact page. I would like find out the email and I literally would type out a letter um, or send them one if they didn't have an intake form. Some of them didn't have intake forms. Like you couldn't even contact them through the site. It was like, here's the phone number. You could mail it or fill out something where you could e do an email and you could email them. So I'd email them or I'd send a handwritten note. Uh, well, I say handwritten note. I would type it out and then mail it because my handwriting is so god awful. And I would say, hey, I'm a new coach, I'm a new trainer in the area, I'm looking to get started, could I come in and work in your space, do some kind of profit sharing, or pay you to, to rent the facility per hour, something like that. That's how I connected, because there was not this digital platform. There was no Instagram. Instagram was not a thing in 2006. It just wasn't there. Facebook was not what it was in its heyday, and it was not what it was now. When I started a Facebook business page, I remember people I went to school with talking shit about me. Like, what a fucking loser this dude is. You're going to do fitness as a career? You're an idiot. I've shared this before. I'm sure when I quit my corporate job, working in academics, my dad was like, you're a dumbass. Didn't say it to me. Bless his heart. I'm sure he thought it. I was living a safe corporate career with benefits and all the stuff for this nonsense way of life. And obviously, look at me now. I'm fucking crushing it. But I was a dumbass, and rightfully so. I'm sure they thought I was an idiot for doing it, but here I am and I made it. The point I'm driving to is it, it was not the same. In 2000, you, you built things differently. You became an expert in the way that you become an expert. You actually owned a gym. And, and to go down his list here, he lists a lot of these. You actually owned a facility. Or you worked in a facility, and you trained somewhere, and you trained humans for a long period of time. I talked with Alexia yesterday. Tyler English is famous for saying this. He's like, you can't be great working with people online if you've never worked with people in person. And I do believe that. I believe there has to be, there's some element of working in the dirt, in the trenches, if you will, eating shit with people up early as hell, up late, erratic schedule, 
learning what the life is like and, and understanding what it's like to work with a 52 year old with three kids, to work with a lady who's recovering from breast cancer, to work with, you know, a 16 year old kid, to work with a 33 year old professional who travels 200 days of the year and to hear their stories and really get to see them in person and watch how they move. You learn so much by doing in this life. And so like in the early days, you would own a gym. And that's how you would become successful. You, you, your goal was to own a facility. For a lot of people now, I, I don't know if that's the goal. And honestly, for a lot of people, it probably shouldn't be the goal. But if you really love it and you're a lifer and you're all in, then yeah, that's probably the end all be all for you. Or you might be awesome being the number two person at a place or the number three person at a place. You might not own it, which is probably, in all reality, it's probably better for you not to own it. If you're the number two or three guy, you get to reap all the benefits and you don't got to eat all the shit. Take it from the number one guy here. But the point is, is that's how you became a fitness professional. That's how you became a quote unquote, a success, right? You owned a gym and you trained a ton of people. You worked with a lot of humans. You had a lot of physical clients and you probably had to have like a decade plus of experience to be respected in the world. You really did. It wasn't until you were in the game for about 10 years where it's like, wow, People are like, yeah, you actually know your shit. You know what's going on. Now, you might have knew a lot of stuff at five, six, seven years, but putting in the time, eight, nine, ten, that full decade plus of experience. Now, it's, I've said this before. BJ and I have talked about it many times. And if he was here, he'd echo my same sentiments. I don't care who you are. If Even if you are lazy in, in some facet, if you've been doing something for 10 years, you've been giving your time 40, 50 hours a week for a decade plus, you're going to learn some stuff. You're going to learn some things along the way. If nothing else, you're going to learn what not to do. You're going to learn some of the best practices. You're going to meet some successful people. You're going to help a certain number of people. You're going to see patterns. You're going to, even if it's, you'd almost have to be brain dead to be in fitness for 10 years and not learn the very basic fundamentals of how to help people eat better, train better, live better, and just be an overall healthy human being. So back in the day, to be successful, you had to train a ton of people, just like we do here. I've worked with people for 16 years total, 11, 12 years completely on my own as an entrepreneur with no other money other than what we generate. Obviously with sponsorships and all that shit too, but there's no other, there's nobody cutting me a main check. Like I'm my own boss. I do my own stuff. It's been a long period of time and I train a ton of people. I still do to this day. Like on my Tuesday, I'm looking here. I have... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I work with twelve individual people on Tuesdays, which is like my long murder day. And uh, admittedly, it's it's not the best use of my time, but I like those people. They're all super fun. They all have a certain need. Some of them are, are not fit enough to do our group stuff. They're not online people. Some of them are super fit, so we can do some crazier shit. And they all have a personality, and they all have a need, and we're here to help them. But it helps me be better at my craft because if I can work with a 46-year-old lady here with two kids whose life is hectic when I run into that same person online now I can help them as well because I've that's their avatar I've lived through it I've been through it it's just me sharpening my tools me perfecting my craft a little bit so that's how it was when you first started in fitness in like you know 2000 2002 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 and beyond you owned a gym you trained a ton of people you had a decade of experience you read strength and conditioning books you, you actually read strength and conditioning articles. You 
wrote for popular magazines uh, and websites. Like when I first started out doing things, and if you were lucky enough, you went and presented at prestigious conferences, you know, like that was part of the game. Now, some of those things are shifting and moving, but back in the day for me, I'm like, well, how can I, you know, get to work with muscle and fitness? How can I get to work with men's fitness? How can I get to work with men's health? These are all things I set out to do, but I had to earn my way to get there along the way. I had to put in a ton of work. I had to connect with the right people. I had to read, I had to study, I basically gave my entire life to it. And that's how I got there. And so did the people who are there with me. And that's when you we all kind of came up in the same circle, right? Like David Jack's obviously older than us. But for me, you know, in the BJ Gadours of the world, and then you meet someone like Dave Jack, you meet someone like Dave Schmitz, like, you see these guys, and you get in the circle, because you're like, you're earning it, you know, you're putting in the work, you know, that's how it should be for every industry and everything. And you worked on you know, legit on your blog, like you gave a shit about it. That was the first thing we ever did. Our blog was the, the lifeblood of our stuff. I still pump stuff on there today, but obviously the world's shifting, but it's still important to me. You know, you put out quality stuff on your YouTube and on your Facebook and Twitter, and you, you created an email list. I mean, you should, first of all, any entrepreneurs or business owners out there, you still need to have an email list. You should, still should be building that thing always and creating a newsletter that provides value to people. And you guys have heard me say before, I send out three emails a week, every single week, and I have done that for over 11 years. Some weeks, it's five, six, seven emails. I do think that's important. And that's what you had to do when you first started out. To become, you know, a professional, to become someone who was looked at as successful, you kind of built it through the credentials you had of working with, you know, this company and this brand, and you, you helped this many people. And just over time, you did things in, in a certain chronological order. And you also gave credit where credit was due. Like this podcast is, is not my original idea. Pat Rigsby put out a ton of good stuff. Breck and Charis laid out the foundation here. And I want to share it because I feel it. Because he's been in the game even longer than me. But I've been in it for a long period of time. That's why I sound like I'm an old man in fitness now. Because you got these kids coming in who's like, oh, I've trained for three years. I'm like, bro, it's different. And not that you're saying you can't success hack and cut things short because there's so many resources, there's so much technology, but you got to give credit where credit's due. If you're going to use somebody's stuff, just give them the credit for it. That's all we ask. And that's how it would be, right? Like if I see, hey, Tommy Baker put this out, I'm going to share. Hey, Travis put this out. Like, you know, iron sharpens iron. And there's enough for all of us to go around. But a lot of times in the new era of fitness, in the 2020s, things are different. And I don't want to sound like an old person and some of it's better, definitely. And some of it's worse because now there is no focus for a lot of these people on, on owning a gym. They, they have no interest in it and they don't want to do it. And that's fine. Um, I don't think you have to do that, but if you're really a diehard and you love it, I mean, that's, you would want a place to, to train and to live and to do your thing. Um, even if it was just for you. Um, but a lot of people now in the 2020s have no interest in that. And that's the then verse now that we're into. And in the 2020s, a lot of these people in fitness don't want to train people because that takes time away from their social media. And I think that's a problem for a lot of people. Now, here's an example I'll give. BJ Gador, Sultan of Sweat himself, you know, was the fitness director at Men's Health. BJ has done more for fitness in his decade than a lot of people would do in a hundred years. And I sincerely mean that. And I've said it before, without a BJ Gador, there would be no Jeremy Scott Fitness. It just wouldn't be. And if there was, it'd be a really shitty version. 
Without Abhijikador, you would not know me the way that you do. And the, the things that I see and that I say, I've learned a lot from him over the years. Um, he's the best at what he does. Now, he does not own a gym anymore, but he did in the 2000s. He does not train humans anymore, but he did in the 2000s. So it's where you started to build the base to be able to present to people now. Because if you work with people long enough and you get to see them and you live through it, there's an experience there that you can't replace digitally. It's just impossible to do. So if you're a person now, you're like, well, I don't ever want to own a gym. I don't ever want to train people. I just want to put out, you know, social media content and be a coach. I'm like, well, how the fuck can you be a coach? You never coached anybody. It's like the person who's a 23-year-old. I'm a 23-year-old life coach. How can you be a life coach at 23? You haven't even lived life yet. Now, I'm not saying you, ha- you haven't had some experiences. You haven't ate some shit. But how at 23 are you going to tell someone who's 52, here's how to be successful at life? You haven't lived life yet. You haven't got kicked in the nuts enough to have the experience. And that's what I'm talking about here. Sometimes just by being a veteran, there's an experience there that cannot be replicated by being a rookie. It's just how it is. Now, if you're younger, you might have more energy. You might have different ideas. There might be a certain skill set that you have that the vets might not possess, but you can't make up for the experience. There's just there's something to be said about that. And that comes from actually being in the trenches and, and whether it's owning a gym or working in one, but actually training people and not just focusing on social media. And obviously in this era, a lot of people don't wait until they've acquired the actual expertise. They just want to just start throwing shit out there. And I'm not saying you can't, you know, be a coach in their first year and post on social media. I'm not saying that you should be doing that, but you're not an expert yet. And you, oh, I'm going to start this, you know, I'm going to write three books and I'm going to start a podcast. I'm like, well, you haven't been doing anything for any period of time. Maybe just wait and actually acquire the skills, you know, learn the ropes, actually get some expertise and then slowly start pumping out stuff to help other people. But learn first. You got to crawl before you walk, right? And you got to walk before you run. That's the way that I think about this, but a lot of people now don't want to do that. They want to be, well, I'm in fitness, and now I'm a, and we talked about it yesterday, I'm an influencer, which I hate the fucking term, and I'm going to influence people, and I'm going to be healthy and lead from the front, and that's all super good, but if you actually don't know what the fuck you're talking about, it's probably not what you should be doing yet, and that's kind of the era we're in where people don't want to wait for it. They just want to get into it, and they want to be an expert, and they're not willing to learn, and they don't want to wait to actually acquire the expertise and a lot of people do want to steal other people's stuff and pretend it's their own you do see a lot of that shit um and again i'm i'm not against like you know we you beg borrow and steal from your friends and you trade but that's that's with your friends and your homies and if i'm like hey bj gudur once took me through this hey hannah eden once challenged me to this hey david jack and i took me through like like i'm happy to share where it came from you can still show it where you got the inspiration from. There's nothing against it. And eventually, you're going to build your own style and mold your own style, but you can't be somebody else. And you don't want to be. When you actually figure out who you are and you're confident in your own skills, you don't have to steal other people's shit and pretend it's yours. You just do your own thing. And then give credit where credit's due. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. When people like do a workout and then tag me, like, oh, I got this from Jimmy 
super cool. They're still doing the workout. Yeah, it might have like been birthed from my brain, but they're still putting in the work and sharing it with their people. There is nothing wrong with that. When we do stuff here, I'll literally say, hey, I did this uh, on the set of you know, Action Hero Jacked, and this is where it came from, and boom. Or, hey, one time David Jack took me through this terrible squat lunge workout, and that's what will that's okay. But a lot of people now just want to pretend like everything came from their brain and there was nothing behind it. And I don't think that's cool. And I, I'm sure that's always happened, but I feel it happens more now with obviously with social and being able to grab everybody's stuff and just throw it out there. And a lot of times people are studying marketing now instead of actually health, fitness, nutrition, and strength and conditioning because they're not really worried about the quality of the content or the depth of the audience, but more so the reach of the audience. Hopefully that makes sense what I'm saying. I've seen a lot of people now who are in fitness who don't really care about the actual craft of it, right? And again, I sound like this old, like grumpy, pissed off guy. I'm not mad about it. I'm just, I'm sharing it to all the fitness professionals out there, all the health professionals out there who have been in the game for two years and those of you who've been in it for 20 years and obviously the consumer who's listening right now. Some of these people don't give a shit uh, about you and they don't give a shit about the craft of fitness and they don't really want to help people and they spend way more time studying just the marketing tactics of how to get you to click and to buy than they do in actually coaching you. That's the truth and a lot of these people spend a ton of time marketing to try to sell and not focusing on strength, not focusing on conditioning, not focusing on mobility, not focusing on recovery and that's a problem and uh, that's why I would say just be aware of who you're learning from and who you're talking to and who you're investing your time, effort, energy, and your money into. And that goes for every industry, not just, you know, health and fitness. Because I think it's important if the person you're working with is really like they're a gamer, like they're, they're a lifer. And what I would say is, you know, the people that I tend to run with, it's, it's what they're laced in especially the ones that you guys don't know about. Like I'll get Ben on the podcast. His life's been a train wreck, but he doesn't have a huge social media presence yet. I would work with him over 99% of the, the fitness professionals you see on the internet today. You know why? Cause he gives a shit. Cause he actually cares. Like he wants to learn. He wants to be smart. He wants to be educated. He wants to be able to talk over me and Monica when he comes in the office. That's kind of his thing. Um, he wants to be like a fucking egghead of fitness, which is awesome, which he can take that and then help relay it to his people because he gives a shit about the craft because the depth of what he's doing is bigger than the width. And that's what I mean by that. I, I did a speech one time uh, at Fitposium, which James Patrick puts on for like fitness entrepreneurs and professionals. And I remember sitting there with my good friend, Dave Dries. Dave and Ben used to work with me uh, in Jeremy Scott Fitness for a long time. Then they started their own gym. Then they did separate gyms. Uh, and so Dave and I are on stage presenting and talking to these guys of like, you know, the do's and don'ts and the things we did right and wrong. And I said this, and I'm sure most of the audience wanted to punch me in the face, which is fine because I could care less. I'm speaking, they're listening. We're talking, and I said, I would work with Dave over everybody in this room. And I don't give a shit if all of you have a social media following that is 100,000 times bigger than his. Because even if he has 5,000 people following him, it's the depth of the people who are following him. He has 100 to 200 people who are going to hang on his every word and believe what he says because he is a practitioner 
You know, he walks the walk. He lives it and breathes it. He is, a, he is a smart individual, and he actually trains himself, and he stays lean and healthy himself, and he's learning the things that are not only going to help him, but they're going to help you, where some of you guys only care about the flashiness. You're all sizzle but no steak. So a lot of the younger people now are concerned about the width of their audience as opposed to the depth of it. And in my opinion, the depth is always better than the width. Sure, you can if your Instagram following is 100,000 people, yeah, you're going to sell, quote unquote, more shit than the guy who has 1,000 people. But if the guy who has 1,000 followers has 100 true people who want to be helped, his success rate is going to be off the charts compared to the, the 100,000. And I believe that because it's real. Because you're not just focusing on marketing you're actually focusing on what's helping people when you do it that way. And a lot of the, the I don't want to say kids because I sound like an old man, but in the 2020s, they're studying what's trendy and, and what's like what's going to get the most clicks and the most likes and the most follows and not what's actually going to help the most people. And obviously there's a little bit of a game to be played there. I understand that. But you can't just do that. You have to really reverse engineer everything you're doing if you're really in this life and you're a diehard person and I, I say my circle of people the, the Ben Novak's of the world uh, is Nikki in the podcast? Nikki's in the podcast next week uh, Alexia who's just here obviously she's a monster on social but she gives a shit about it she lives it every day I promise you if I drive by her facility right now her car is sitting outside she's there every single day always trying to perfect her craft teaching and learning fitness the way that she feels it should be done and the way that she needs to present it to her people and her team. And she's been really successful doing it. And people can say what they want. Oh, well, it's just because she's attractive and she wears these cute, cute outfits. Yeah, that's part of it. But she gives a fuck about it. She lives and breathes fitness. She's like, she's a serial killer in, in her own right. You know what I'm saying? Like Hannah Eden is the same way. Like these people are actually fitness professionals. Now they've learned to put all the pieces together to build this obviously following that's popular. But the thing with all of them, and I go down the list, BJ owned a gym for a long time and worked with clients for a long time. Hannah owned a gym until the pandemic crushed it and worked with people for a long time. Alexia, I used to send Lex clients. Like when I had women I couldn't work with or people that I'm like, hey, do you have space for these guys? And she worked in a facility right down the street from me and we'd send them over there. We even shared clients at a, at a certain period of time, like because it was all birthed in the trenches, actually working with humans. And in the, this new era of the Internet and digital, a lot of people aren't doing that. And I don't think that's a, a really good place to be as an industry to help people. So what I'm saying is if you're a consumer out there and you're looking and just you can ask your, you know, fitness pro you're working with, how many people have you actually worked with like me? How many people have you worked with in person? And then how many people have you helped like me digitally? Obviously, they can have before and afters and videos and testimonials. And then there's your avatar so you can see, you know, if they've done, you know, what you need to have done. But it's just a weird kind of space we're living in where things are kind of, you know, changing and shifting. And some of it's for the better, obviously. And with technology, you can success hack. You can see what other people have done and you can kind of, you know, Cut the learning curve a little bit on some things. Obviously, I would hope you would give other people credit and uh, not exaggerate all the awesome shit uh, that you've done, but really just focusing on on helping people. And obviously, again, I share that Breck Contreras I put this out uh, of how to get popular and successful as a fitness coach because it's much different now than it used to be. And I'm not trying to take anything away from anyone. If you 
you follow somebody who's super popular on Instagram and, you know, you like them and they help you and you follow their stuff, that's fine. I'm not knocking that. What I'm saying is there's a lot of people who are just kind of playing the part on the internet and they're not really in it for you and your best interest. They're just worried about amassing like a huge following number to make money and and sell shit. And I'm not judging if that's what they want to do and it makes them happy, it's fine. I just don't want young professionals out there to think that that's the route you go to really make a lasting impact and really to help people. And to the consumers out there, just be aware of who you work with and, and obviously what you're buying. You know, obviously I sound like an old person the way that I go through this, but I've shared this before. We've done a full podcast and like why I still own a gym because I give a shit and I want to help people and I want to coach people. And there's something that's missing when I don't have that in my life. And if we just spent time on the internet, sure, it'd make even more money, but there'd be an emptiness there that that I, I can't fill just digitally. And maybe that's because I'm an old school, obviously kind of dude. And there might come a, a time where I'm like, I don't want to run the facility here the way that it's run. And I want to, you know, pull back and do less things. But I don't see a time other than if somebody comes by and wants to buy this place for like 10 million bucks where I get rid of it and I do nothing but only work out myself in here. I think I would always want to have some groups of people come in, especially the people that I really like and are really fun to train with and we can bullshit and we can just beat the hell out of ourselves in the safest way possible. There's something there and that makes me a better coach for the stuff I do deliver on the internet. That makes me a better podcast host, I guess, when I share information with you guys and real life stories and how to answer people's questions. Because if I can do it here, I think I can take it and do it online. And for every young fitness professional listening to me, the only reason that we have success online, like when I say success, I mean like actually helping people, not success in like making money because there's a lot of things that go into that and, and not success in like building a, a big, you know, social media following. Not That's not what I mean when I say success. I mean like actually helping people. The only reason we are successful online helping people is because we help people here first. And we took what we did here and packaged it in a way that it worked for people in, you know, Tennessee, for people in Wyoming, for people in Nevada, for people in Paris, in Greece. We took, well, what do we do awesome here in-house with people that we've seen work in terms of programming, in terms of uh, safety and effectiveness, in terms of time constraints? How do we get them to eat a certain way and think a certain way and train a certain way? And how do we get them to integrate mobility into their days? What kind of programs have worked best here for our clients in Scottsdale? And how can we take that and repurpose it and repackage it in a way that's sexy enough to sell online, but actually helps people? Oh, shit. We have to film it a certain way. We have to write it a certain way. We have to deliver it a certain way. And oh, yeah, we actually have to coach them. In everything we do here, we coach people. In any of our groups you're in, you can ask a question. I'm going to answer it. That's what we do. We actually coach people. It's just like here. It's no different if, if someone messages me, hey, Jeremy, how do you do breathing on the concentric focus of this push-up, which is a question we just had in the group today, and I go through an answer. Just the same way I would if Phil was here doing concentric focus push-ups and we had a question on breathing, or I probably would have gave him a coaching cue in real time so he heard it and remembered to breathe, but if you're at home, obviously, 
I can't see you doing it. So you have to, obviously, the onus is on you to ask a question so we can answer it. The point being is, I think you have to be awesome with humans in person first in this industry to really help people digitally. And if you want to be successful, you focus on actually helping them and answering their questions, making their life easier, giving them something that is sustainable, not just for now, but for a lifestyle, and then really taking what you do great with the humans you see every day, and then somehow packaging that and giving that to somebody who is not with you, and then coach them all the way through. Just coach the hell out of them, nonstop. That's just something I personally had to share because I think a lot of people who look at what we do in the health and fitness profession don't really understand it uh, because the barrier for entry is super easy to get into. And I think a lot of people think it's easier than it is to actually coach humans when the failure rate of every industry is high, specifically ours, to get people to literally change habits and lifestyles and, and try to rewire their brain off of patterns and behaviors they've been doing, you know, either wrong or that have been detrimental to their lives for the past 20 years. It's a tough thing to do. So there are a lot of skills to acquire on top of just the, you know, coaching cues and uh, the, the physical hands-on tools you need to help people just move better and feel better. But Brett obviously, you know, put out a great piece. So I wanted to play off it and share with you guys. And the other piece I'm going to share for anybody who's in health, fitness, you're a coach, you're in uh, the service industry, you're in a space where you actually do coach humans and want to help them. You're teaching in some capacity. Now, I don't know when you start actually sharing information. I think it's in terms of social media, right? Or in a newsletter or in a podcast. Probably not the first six months you're doing stuff. Now, you can videotape your journey of how you're you're going through it. But I would hold off on giving, you know, detailed coaching advice until you've actually coached and done some things. It's like I wouldn't, you know, if I started playing golf again today and I played as a kid a little bit and uh, I'll go to the range and hit balls, but I'm terrible, right? Like I'm a normal dude who golfs. Like I'm not, I'm not Tiger. I'm not Phil. Uh, I'm not going to start putting out like golf tutorial videos after, you know, hitting balls the range or playing around for two weekends. Hey guys, here's how you, no, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I haven't become an expert yet in my field and I haven't taken it serious enough to dedicate myself to it and my time to it. But you start to share information and, and coach people where you're at. And for all the young fitness professionals out there, trainers, strength and conditioning coaches, um, if you're nutritionists, if you're physicians who are trying to do your own thing, what I'm going to share with you is something that Pat Rigsby shared with me a long time ago, and obviously Pat was a coach of mine for a long time. Uh, still, I'm happy to work with him on, on different projects. He's a genuine dude, but has helped me learn a lot of things and does things what I would consider the right way, when you definitely could do them, you know, the wrong way, uh, especially nowadays, because the, the, the money is there to do a lot of really shady shit, sell kind of snake oil nonsense just to make dollars, and that's not what I'm about and that's not what any of the people are about in my circle. And the other day he was hosting like a brainstorming session with some business owners. And uh, he asked the ones um, who are clients for a long time, you know, how long did they read 
his emails before joining the coaching group. Now, I was in a mastermind group with him for a long time, met some amazing people in there, Mike Russell, the PhD from Men's Health, uh, Fred Zoller, there's a lot of Travis Merritt, really amazing fit pros. So it was one of the best investments I made. And he asked a question um, to a, kind of a, a little group he was working with, and there were about a dozen replies. And most of the replies were, well, I read your emails for three years, and then I joined the group. I read your emails for five years, two years, six months, etc. And there were only two people who were less than a year. And there was only one person um, who replied less than two months. Now, notice, like I didn't say, you know, how long had they known about him for. And I'll share this because I have had the same thing where I'll get people who will reply to me, Jeremy, I've been reading your emails for five years. I'm ready to come in and train with you in Scottsdale. Now, that is super awesome uh, in one note because, A, I finally cracked the code and got through to him after five years, which is about, well, 52 times three, it's 150, one, two, three, four, five. And it's about seven, between 750 and 1,000 emails before they came in and uh, bought something from us which is fucking crazy, by the way. Um, so it's super cool that you can see that. And then two, it also makes me think I must really suck because it took me five years to get them to come in here and actually train and be healthier. So apparently my emails are terrible. Um, I'm kidding when I say that, but the point is, is that that's what it takes sometimes, you know, and that's just how long they, some of those people read my emails. I've got a lot of stories like that. Hey, I've been reading your emails for three years. I've been following you. My wife used to come to you six years ago. You know, we fell off the wagon. Now we want to come get fit. When can we come in and check out what you do? And that might be six years, three years, five years. But that's not how long they've probably known me. That's just how long they've probably actually read my emails. So a lot of these people have probably heard about me before. Um, through a friend, a fan member, obviously it's a local community here, through Men's Health, through Reebok, through Facebook, through Livestrong, you name it, it was somewhere else. And that's the crazy thing. And that really is, you know, what your strategy should be about if you're trying to get into this life and start this business. And that's what I've always done is try to coach people until they actually hire me to coach them. That's really what the strategy is with everything we do. We pump out a ton of stuff to help people, you know, become more educated. Uh, hopefully, you know, some of it's uh, motivated uh, to, to do things. We might inspire some people. And uh, we really are just trying to coach them wherever they're at, whether they're acknowledging us or not, whether they're commenting back, whether they're asking questions. Our goal is to provide as much value as humanly possible and to coach people until they decide to hire us to coach them. That's we're giving um, and we're not asking for anything in return. We're just giving and giving and giving. And then when we create a program, like let's say our 34 days to fit, which is coming up, we'll ask if you want to purchase it. And if not, no worries. We'll keep pumping out stuff until you're ready to hire us to coach you. And that's what I would say to every young fitness pro out there, every young entrepreneur or hustler. Just keep providing value to the world and to people and keep coaching them until they're ready to coach you. And if you're not ready to coach people yet, just keep pumping out good stuff, at least of the things you know. And again, you can't be an expert on everything. 
when I get questions on like, hey, Jeremy, I'm breastfeeding. What do you suggest? I'm like, no, not that I can't learn and I can parrot some of the information where like we're having Megan Rigby on the podcast in a couple of weeks. She'll come on and talk a bunch of stuff that'll help you guys, but I'll defer to Monica who's a Kinesi major, who's a CSCS, and who has three kids. I think she can talk about breastfeeding and training and training when pregnant far better than I ever could. Just because, I don't know, she's lived through it three different times and she's a mom forever. Like, that's what I'm saying here. So if you're young and you're doing this, just bowl in your lane. Share the things that you are confident in and that you know and know that you don't have to be all things to all people, but coach people until they are ready to hire you to coach them. And that's, you know, probably different than a lot of other people out there who who call themselves coaches because we actually coach here. We don't just create stuff and send you on your way. It's not a set it, forget it program. If you ask a question, we'll help you. We'll try to make you be better. We'll try to solve your problems. Because I've been coaching people, you know, one way or another since 2005 is when I got my first cert. The very first one. So that's 16 years ago, I've been an actual coach. Now, I was terrible and dog shit, and I apologize to anybody who got a program from me or bought something or trained with me. Um, if you want to find me and I can give you some money back, I'm happy to do it because my stuff is way better now. But the point is that I've been doing this for 16-plus years. And if you ask me to describe myself um, other than, you know, I'm, I'm a husband, uh, I'm a son, I'm a bro, um, I'm a coach. That's what I do. I coach people um, in all ways, shapes, or forms. I'm not a, I'm not a marketer. Uh, I'm not an author, even though I've written books. I'm not uh, an entrepreneur. I'm not a real estate investor. Uh, I'm not an f- influencer by any means. I'm just a coach. That's really what I do. I'm not a podcaster. Yes, we do all those things. And yes, I am all those things, but that is not how I would describe myself. When, when people ask me when we go places... Uh, it's I get uncomfortable talking about it because I don't I'm not a like look at me type of person even though from the outside you probably think that because like everything is my name and I'm shirtless and doing all the bullshit and I'm this figure head that's obviously here but that's not by design it's just I happen to fall into that um, I'm just a, a coach I coach people where they're at, and I try to do it, obviously, if it's through a podcast, if it's through Instagram, if it's through Facebook, if it's through email, if it's through the newsletters, whatever it may be, I'm a coach. And, you know, for me to grow this business, the simplest way I know is to just coach people for free. You know, obviously not actually come in here and actually trade my time for money for free. I don't do that shit. Um, But if you're starting out, maybe that's what you do at first. Like, you know, hey, come and try a session for free. And if you love it, come back. And if it sucks, don't come back. We do that here at the groups because obviously it doesn't really matter. But um, the simplest way for me to help people is to just put out a ton of really good stuff that hopefully helps you guys and do it for free. And I figure if I get good enough at my craft and I can provide enough value for people for free, eventually they'll hire me to do something. And they'll hire our team, you know, um, to give them more interactive, more accountability, a more personalized coaching approach to kind of accelerate their results and, and give them an experience and give them a knowledge base that they probably wouldn't have had before to give them a level of self-confidence that they probably wouldn't have had before. That's what we do here. And, you know, that's 
probably your biggest strength if you're looking to coach other people is actually your skills of coaching them. And so every day, just try to coach people through emails, through podcasts, through Instagram posts, through videos, uh, through YouTube. Um, and it's allowed me to, you know, create a business that has, you know, consistently made money and consistently brought in clients week after week after week for 11 plus years. And for all the young people out there hustling who want to, you know, think they kind of want to do what I do or work for themselves or be an entrepreneur and just kind of live their life on their own terms and be their own boss, I think you should just start coaching people through your LinkedIn, through your podcast, through your emails, through your posts, through your YouTube, through your Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, whatever new shit comes out. And if you do that, I think it can work for you. And the key is to just really care about what you're doing. Really care about the craft of fitness first. Really learn what the hell you're doing and saying before you share a ton of it with the world. But perfect it. And then just give away really good stuff. Consistently over time. Wash, rinse, repeat. It's not going to happen overnight. It isn't. It's going to take you a long time. It's probably going to take you a decade plus. But if you give away really good stuff and you help a bunch of people consistently over time, good things are going to happen. And then obviously, like I said before, you create awesome stuff, you give, 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 and then you don't take anything back. You just ask, hey, I got a 34 Days to Fit program starting. You guys want to jump in on it? Hey, I got a 47-day transformation. You want to jump in on it? Hey, we're running a manager mobility group. What do you guys think? And you periodically just invite them to work with you more closely. And if they want to, they will. And if not, you just keep giving out awesome shit. It seems simple. Um, but it's worked every single time I've seen somebody commit to it. Literally, 100% of the time it has worked when people truly commit to it. And it will work for you too. But it's not going to happen in a month. And it's not going to happen in a year. And it might not even happen, you know, balls to the walls in two years or three years or five years. But if you do it over time and you love playing the game and you love helping people and you really give a shit about your craft and health and fitness and being the best you can be and helping as many people, you know, as deeply as possible. If you do this, you can be successful in this industry because it's all I've ever done. And look where I'm at today. I couldn't really imagine doing, you know, something different uh, for this long at this scale because I do truly enjoy it. And understand from my young uh, fitness pros out there who are listening or the young professionals you know, in a new career or looking to change careers, a lot of the things that are happening today are because of things I did like five years ago. Uh, I'm not going to go to super detailed specifics, but there's a lot of things we do here uh, with brands and sponsors and with clients that are really you know, kind of reaching a different stratosphere because of the groundwork we've put in for the last five years. And a lot of the stuff that maybe happened a year ago is only possible because of the stuff I did 10 years ago. And that's the key. It's the consistency of it. Anybody can be gung-ho about something for probably a year or two years. Can you do it for five years? Can you do it for eight years? Can you do it for 10? Can you do it for 11? Can you be in the training world for 16 years and be just as jacked today 
April the 3rd when you walk in here to coach the groups as you were in 2005 when you got your first cert and work with your first client. Can you do that? And I promise you guys, if you do it long enough to just try to give people as much value as possible consistently over time, you're going to be super successful. Again, it won't be easy. It won't be simple. Uh, most people quit before they have a major breakthrough. Most people quit and give up before they make any real money. Most people quit and give up before they really feel like, you know, they're reaching the next level. And that's why I say if you can do it consistently every single day, just something to move the needle forward, that's all it takes. And if you really love it and you really enjoy it and you're really in it to help people, the money, the, the fake famous shit, all that stuff is going to come. It really is. But you have to do it the right way. And my belief is that it always has to be rooted in helping the people who are here. The people who show up and hang out with you at 5 o'clock in the morning. The fucking crazy diehards who beat you here. Who their cars are in the parking lot and they're ready to go before you're even in the gym. Like if you can show up and be awesome for those people, that is going to spread like wildfire to more people and more people and more people. And the more people you help... That's it. Like any business, referrals is the greatest thing. We can talk about targeting uh, and pixeling and, uh, you know, doing running Facebook ads and direct promotions on Instagram and all this shit and, and Google AdWords and you name it. But at the end of the day, referrals are the number one thing. And that just comes from you being an awesome person day in and day out and helping as many people as possible by providing them as much value as you humanly can. Because now we, me personally, we're in this weird space where I'll just be here and some guy will just show up like, hey, man, I'm uh, from uh, Illinois. I'm just in town, uh, you know, on vacation, and I Googled your gym, and I've been watching your stuff for, you know, three years, and I wanted to come and get a workout in. Super cool. We had a guy pop in today and say that. We had a mom and her daughter come in last week from Houston. We had a couple from Los, uh, Los Angeles the week before. Like now it's become this weird thing where we've connected with them on the internet, but now they want to come in here. They want to come in if we, you know, can get them into like our Saturday drop-in stuff, which is open to the public. They can come in and do that. They want to buy t-shirts. They want to do all the shit. Now they're coming in because we coached them for so long for free. They want to come in and just hang out, meet us, you know, pay money to be here. It's a crazy world. And I never started off with that as the goal. And that's what I'm driving at is it, it, I don't, again, I don't want to sound like an old person. But to the younger folks out there, if you just really focusing on helping people, like the ones you're working with directly and not just on the wrong metrics, you'll do all over time. You're going to be successful. I promise you that. It's going to be frustrating. Yes. It's going to be annoying at first and it might not go. It's not going to go as quick as you want. It's not going to be seamless. And you're going to take some losses and there's going to be some frustration and that's okay. And you're going to see other people, you know, getting more stuff than you, more money than you, more shine than you, more filling whatever bullshit metric you want. Pay that no mind. You're just in it for the craft and love of it. And if you do that long enough the right way, you're going to win the game. You might lose the first quarter and the second quarter and the third quarter if you're playing the comparison game, which we always talk about not to because comparison is the thief of joy. It truly is in everything. Because there's a lot of people that when I first started this, and this is being completely transparent here, there was a lot of people in fitness who first started off who had these monster, you know, followings and all these things that I thought I wanted. They were on more magazine covers and they had, you know, better supplement sponsorships and they had better apparel sponsorships and they were getting more shine and people thought they were great and everything was, it seemed better to them than me. 
And the irony of life is the longer I did it, some of us end up in the same circles. And then when you get to meet some of the people you thought were really crushing it and you see it, you come to realize like, wow, it's mostly just show. And what I really always had was a business. What I always really had was a, a community of people and a coaching skill set. And I actually was, you know, sharpening my tools and I was mastering my craft. And then when we got on the same platform, I realized we weren't the same. I had a better skill set. I was actually educated. I had the sizzle now, but it was all stake underneath where all they had was sizzle. And I think that's what a lot of you guys see on social media and Instagram. And that just goes for life in general. That's why I say, don't be in a rush. Don't be in a hurry and don't compare because you can't, because you don't really know what you're comparing. You don't really know what you're looking at. And a lot of times what you see is not exactly what you get. If you haven't learned that yet by, you know, the smoke and mirrors of the internet, uh, I'm glad I, I pulled the curtain out for you because Santa Claus is not real, uh, definitely when it comes to uh, the things you see. So for everybody out there, if, if that is your goal, just focus on being you know the best version of you and help as many people as possible. And if you do help enough people, you'll make more money and more things are going to happen for you uh, than you ever thought possible. I truly do mean that. I'm not just you know blowing smoke up your ass, but just know it, it won't happen instantly. And the probably the, the worst question I get from people who come in here we just hired a new guy jack's coming on the team uh we'll share his stuff in the newsletter too uh and he didn't ask this so that's why we hired him otherwise i probably kicked his ass out the door too uh a lot of these young people will come to me and uh they'll say hey jeremy you know how do i grow my social media following and that's either like the first question they ask or one of the first questions they ask and that's the wrong question um, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I don't want to sound like an old head and I'm not knocking them for that, but that's not important. That would be like a list of questions I would ask like 800 down the line of things that are actually going to really help people. And the answer I give to everybody is kind of my typical asshole type answer. And I just say, you know, if you really want to do that and get into that world, create really awesome stuff that really helps people that's thoughtful that makes sense, that they can look at, read, watch, and take with them and use within probably a couple of minutes and do that consistently every single day for the next three to five years and you'll watch it grow. And even if the width of it doesn't grow as big as you want, the depth of it will, my friends. And that's what it really takes. You you guys don't need a thousand clients. You really don't. You probably need about a hundred people total to, to really believe in you and what you do. And you could live a really good life just doing that. And that's probably the bandwidth for most people. Most people aren't, aren't equipped to handle even half that. But if, if, if you could, if you could help a hundred legit people consistently every month, if you're a health and fitness pro and that's what you focused on, I think you make a pretty good living and you, you live a pretty damn good life and you have a really big impact because the casket effect of helping 100 people goes far beyond your reach can ever imagine. And that has nothing to do with you having a million followers on YouTube. That has nothing to do with you having 200,000 followers on Instagram. Nobody gives a shit about that. Most of those people, they aren't really there for you. They're probably just there to like steal some stuff or to creep on you and it really doesn't matter. But it's the diehard ones that actually invest in you just as much as you invest in them. That's who I would focus on. And that's how you build everything. So 
hopefully uh, you got some value from that. If you're just like a 50-year-old dude driving a truck who doesn't have anything to do with this, you're probably like, ah, this kid's crazy. I don't want to listen to this. But if you are an entrepreneur, you're a business owner, you're a hustler who is looking to do something different, hopefully you got something from that, especially my young fitness pros out there. 2020 was a very tough year uh, for a lot of you guys in the brick and mortar space. I get that. But just know there is a place for coaching humans in person. And there's a lot of things that we cannot replicate through Teams and Zoom and anything else. And, you know, I'm not bagging at any companies or any kind of things. But, you know, just riding a bike, having a dance party on the screen is not the end all be all of fitness. Just staring into, you know, a mirror on a wall and doing fitness is not the end all be all for fitness. It really isn't. It is so much more uh, than that. I do believe in, you know, giving people multiple options in the hybrid approach, but there's always going to be people who need you to show up and be there for them. And I think that's how you start everything. And then from there, if you want to become an online monster and crush it, uh, by all means do that. But actually put in the, the legwork and, and take your time with it and you'll be all right. So again, you guys, reminder, our 34 Days to Fit uh, challenge is kicking off here in about 14 days. Registration closes on the 17th. The program kicks off April the 19th, five weeks, five different coaches. Uh, we're there to just you know rip your face off and have a face-melting good time. I will give you guys a podcast discount code if you're interested. The link is actually in my Instagram bio right now. I'll share it on the newsletter this week and probably every single day starting on the 12th. And again, the site is jeremyscuffinus.com slash 34-days-2-fit-challenge. Matt, that's a mouthful. Can we just make that site a little bit smaller? Uh, anyways, I'm happy to give you guys a podcast discount code to make life easier, and then we can kick ass together uh, for 34 days. And also, the podcast is brought to you by my homies at Beam CBD, the site beamtlc.com. You can enter the code Jeremy Scott for 35% off all subscriptions, 20% off all products. It is the CBD product I take every single night for sleep. I actually take the Dream product, which has melatonin in there and 20 milligrams of the nano CBD. Not habit forming, doesn't get you high, but does help you sleep. And as always, thank you to Athletic Greens, the site athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott. You guys can get some Athletic Greens and a year supply of free vitamin D and five free travel packs with order one. Or if you're on the fence, hit me up and I'll have Monica send a pack right to your front door. You can try it for free. I don't care what state or country you live in. I'll get it to you. And then you can try it and get hooked up with all the free stuff. So as always, thank you guys for listening. And if you know a friend or somebody who is a health and fitness pro, they're a yoga instructor, they're a cycling instructor, they're a fitness person who does it as a side hustle or a part-time gig and they want to do it full-time or they want to take their health and fitness business to the next level, share this with them. Hopefully they get something out of it and it can help them just keep banging on their craft and Letting them know if they keep putting in the work, awesome things will happen because this industry and profession does need a lot of amazing humans, especially after the rough, you know, kick in the nuts year that we did have for a lot of people who left the industry or lost their jobs and are just, you know, hanging on by a thread and not quite back. Um, the world needs you guys. It, it really does. And you're doing you're doing good work. And uh, I know it hasn't been easy and it's been tough, but uh, the uh, end zone is almost there. We're almost through this, you know, shitstorm we're in and people are going to get you know, roaring back uh, in a way I think you've never seen before. And in fact, I think a lot of people really need it now more than ever. Um, and they should, if anything else, understand how important health and nutrition and fitness can be in their life and how it does help uh, either prevent or mitigate a lot of the shit that can come your way. Because if you're healthier and fitter and more educated, um, 
life just gets easier, especially when the shit storms do come. So thank you guys. If you're on Apple podcast uh, on your iPhone, click that podcast button, scroll your finger all the way down, drop me a five star, leave a comment. I truly appreciate it. And if you're watching on YouTube, thank you guys as always. And uh, until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people. And please, you guys keep doing shit you love of people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.